Welcome to Hack Your Happiness. Schedule something that I have to know. Okay, does this give me time to get in homeschool beforehand? And does this have give me time to get in a little bit of writing afterwards? And when am I going to fit in these various things? Are you a teen or adult looking for more happiness in every day and ways to connect with people in your life? You've come to the right place. Hack Your Happiness is a podcast designed to bring you the behind the scenes of what brings iconic individuals happiness, plus their life hacks. I'm Mercedes. And I'm Anastasia. And we're the two teens behind Small Bits of Happiness. We're interviewing Olympic athletes, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and more. Throughout all of our episodes, you'll find great conversations, hacks that you can take away and try in your life, inspiration, as well as unique and surprising insights. Joining us today, we have Marissa Meyer. Marissa Meyer is the number one New York Times bestselling author of the Renegades trilogy, the Lunar Chronicles series, the Wires and Nerve graphic novels, and the Lunar Chronicles coloring book. Her first standalone novel, Heartless, was also a number one New York Times bestseller. Marissa also created and hosts a podcast called The Happy Writer, and she lives in Tacoma, Washington with her husband and their two daughters. We're huge fans of Marissa Meyer and of her work. We absolutely love her books, and so do our friends, and so we're very excited to be talking to her today. Welcome, Marissa. How did your journey as an author begin? Uh, I am one of those authors. I always knew that I wanted to be a writer. Um, I loved books when I was growing up. I remember as a little kid just like sitting in front of my bookshelf and staring at the spines of the books and dreaming about seeing my name on one of them one day. Um, so that that was pretty much a dream that I had from a very young age. I think as soon as I realized that like that books were written by people, that this was a job and something you could actually do for a living. Um, that's what I wanted to be. So growing up, I had a big imagination. I was always telling stories and, and making things up. And uh, in middle school and high school, I got really into fan fiction uh, and wrote Sailor Moon fan fiction for many, many years. And that I credit a lot with kind of helping me develop my writing style and my voice and learn how to how to like write a complete story beginning to end. Um, I started trying to write a novel when I was 16 um, and had many failed attempts and many novels that I started but didn't finish or I finished but I knew they weren't any good and threw them away. Well, I didn't throw them away. I stuck them back somewhere where no one else would ever find them. Um, and then, yeah, when I was uh, 26, if I'm remembering right, I got the idea for Cinder um, and took me about two years to write and revise Cinder. And that became my first published novel. That is amazing. I love how you took like something that you were passionate about since you were a child and have now turned that into such a successful career. And yeah. it's so amazing to think how something that we love can be something that we do full time. I mean, that's just, that's the dream. <laughs> yeah. And like when you were, when you were younger and you were writing those like fan fiction, I think on top of that, that's also really amazing to kind of like find your voice and like how you love to write. And also it was just kind of like a good testing ground and stuff if you like to do it or not. And I think it's also often just really important just to try out new things like writing that, um, just to find out if you like it or not and yeah and find out like where your strengths and your weaknesses are and the best part is when you're young when you're a teenager when you're 16 writing a book you have so much time ahead of you yeah. it's okay if your first few attempts aren't you know a hundred percent your first book is your most successful um because you have so much time ahead yeah. of you so that's why it's good to experiment and take risks yeah, yeah. absolutely you need to practice you know you need to get in those 
the not so good attempts because that's how you get better and that's how you learn um, with any skill, with any um, talent or hobby for sure. Yeah, and like that, because you know, it can be so sometimes challenging to do that as well. What is what do you think has been your most significant challenge and how did you overcome that? Mm, I mean, there's been a lot over the years and it changes with time. Like in the early days, finishing a novel, um, I, I, I don't know how many novels I started and didn't reach the end, like getting and it's really, really common among writers. I mean, it's so universal where when you start a project, you're so excited and it has so much potential and you're just in love with it. But then you start writing and at some point, no matter how much you love this project, you're going to reach a stage in which it becomes work. And now like the plot's not coming together. You have to figure out some tricky plot hole and it's really giving you a lot of trouble or the characters seem really flat or whatever the problem is. And it's so easy to give up and say, "Ooh, I have another shiny idea. I'm going to go write that instead. Um, So in those early years, just reaching the end was a really big hurdle. Um, But now, like here we are 10, almost 15 years into my career and like totally different challenges right now, uh, having two kids at home and we are homeschooling our kids. So trying to figure out the work-life balance is a constant daily challenge. Um, so it, it, it fluctuates, it changes with time. I love that because it's so true. Your challenges are constantly evolving with you. And I mean, sometimes there's a much bigger challenge and sometimes there's like a smaller little challenge, but there's always something and just not letting that stop you from achieving your dream and your goal or your book or whatever it is that you're working toward. Um, And you're right. Like, I think even when I was little, I used to write so many stories and I'd start them and I'd write like two chapters and then I'd be like, I'm bored and I want to start another, I want to start another story. And so I absolutely, yeah, you always want to explore everything. Yeah. And I also love like the work-life balance because I think that's one of the challenges that everybody gets. I know that sometimes we struggle with that too, because we have all the schoolwork and work to do, but we still need some relaxation time. So finding that is also really important. So as teenagers, we also have to kind of balance out our work in our personal life and our school life um so how do you balance writing with your personal life and just like you just mentioned um you homeschool your daughters and does that shorten your work day how do you have any tips on balancing life and still managing to be successful at whatever it is that you do it's i won't say i'm perfect there are definitely days when i feel like oh i didn't get any writing done today or or maybe i'm under a lot of pressure with a deadline and i'm like you know, not as involved with my kids or with homeschooling as I'd like to be. And, you know, there's there's phases in which something's a priority and there's phases in which something else becomes a priority. Uh, so I try to just kind of know that, to, to be aware that there's going to be days when I can fully focus on my writing. Maybe I'll take my computer and have a a long, luxurious day at a local cafe where I get lots of words written and lots of work done. And then there's going to be days when we're, you know, doing a big science project in our school, or maybe we're going on a field trip together and no writing is going to get done. Um, So I, I try not to feel like I have to squeeze in every priority every single day um, and just know that some days are going to be heavily weighted with family stuff and some days are going to be more weighted with writing stuff um so so just knowing that and trying to give myself a little bit of grace when I can't fit it all in is a big part of it 
Um, but beyond that, I'm very organized. I've, I've learned to be very focused with knowing, okay, what are my deadlines? What's coming up that I have to do? If I, um, schedule something that I have to know, okay, does this give me time to get in homeschool beforehand? And does this have, give me time to get in a little bit of writing afterwards? And when am I going to fit in these various things? Um, so I, I tend to schedule my days, uh, pretty tightly trying to make sure that I have time for everything while at the same time n- trying not to schedule myself past like four or five o'clock so that I can have my e- evenings for some more family time, personal time, which is uh, equally important for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's that whole aspect of, you know, everything kind of contributes to your work when you let yourself have that downtime and that time with your, your loved ones. It contributes to helping you do a better job at writing and just going for it on those days where you have that time. Um, and so I think that it's kind of like seeing it as everything contributes to your to your passion because it's all about kind of pursuing your own self and your own purpose I don't know yeah and I definitely yeah also just kind of being like giving yourself grace when you can't figure and you can't fit everything into one day like sometimes you're just trying to balance like one too many things (laughs) and you're just gonna get super overwhelmed if you're trying to hit all of them and then you're not gonna do a good job at any exactly so I think sometimes it's better to have to push some more onto the next day Um, because that way you become more productive, but you also still do a better job. And you're just not stressed and frazzled all the time. And I'm a a big believer in like, life is short, let's try to enjoy it. Um, And if you're just constantly feeling like you're running against the clock and trying to run from one thing to another, then there's no breathing space to stop and think like, I really love my job. And I really love teaching my kids. And I'm enjoying this moment. Um, If I'm just trying to think, okay, I just need to get through this so I can get onto this next thing that I can't enjoy it. And I think that a lot of like times with teens is that we're always focused on doing the best job possible on something, but we want to do that on so many things. And then we start to get kind of burnt out and like perfectionism. Yeah, exactly. And that's really common among teens. So sometimes it can almost be disabling because just the fear of not performing kind of gets in the way of actually getting it done. So have you ever experienced this? And if so, what advice do you have on getting over this fear and moving forward with your passion? Uh, Yes. No, perfectionism is definitely something that has plagued me, um, which a lot of us overachievers, I mean, it's a really hard thing to move past. Um, And it, for me, kind of depends on what stage, like with my writing, if I'm in an early planning stage or drafting stage, um, I've, I've written enough now that I can tell myself, this doesn't have to be good. This doesn't have to be perfect. There's going to be time to fix it later and make it better later. Um, so, and that, that used to be a struggle for me in those early drafts. I would constantly be thinking like, oh, this is terrible. Who would want to read this? Blah, blah, blah. These days I don't even worry about it. I just know it's just need to get some words written and we'll come back to it. Um, it does get a little trickier Toward the the later stages of the project, as you are getting close to having it finished and getting ready to send it to uh, my editor or my agent or my critique partners, and then you start to get a little bit more concerned. Is it any good? Is it any good? 
Um, but the flip side to that is now I've been working on it for many, many months and I have had some of that time to actually get in there and fix the things that weren't working and strengthen some of those characters or those uh, scenes that weren't working in the early drafts. Um, and so even though as you get into the later stages of a project, the, the, the little voices of perfectionism start to talk a little louder, at the same time, I become more and more confident that this book is something that I'm actually really proud of. Uh, so it kind of it kind of balances itself out. Absolutely. I think that knowing not everything has to be perfect right from the very beginning. It's okay to kind of modify and adapt and improve, I think is a great way because otherwise we're stuck and we're like, oh, how am I supposed to even get started? Because if I make one mistake, the whole thing is just over. But I think even like, I feel like you could even apply this to like being a teenager and writing an essay in your class. Like you don't have to have it done perfect. The first draft, you can edit it and revise it before you are finished and handing it in. Like it's, yeah. it's okay to change and adapt along the yeah, way and I think that just first getting it done starting just then start then afterwards you can perfect it and I think just trying to make it perfect along the way just gets in the way of actually finishing it yeah and of course I mean we we use the word perfect a lot but we also have to keep in mind that there really is no perfect you know it's especially in in an artistic field a creative field it's going to be subjective um so it's less about trying to make something perfect because what is a perfect book you know every book that one person loves and is their favorite book there's someone else that couldn't stand that book and doesn't understand why everybody loves it so much like they're just what does that mean um so i think about that a lot too that it's not about trying to make it perfect it's about trying to realize what is my vision for this book what am i hoping to say what am i hoping to accomplish with this story and just doing the best that I can to to bring that forward. And just like you said, perfect is not really a definition because it's different to everybody. One yeah. person might love it. One person might yeah. not stand it. Especially just like, said, like with writing. And subjective work. Yeah. Exactly. So, so not letting the opinions of others or that fear of what somebody else might think stop you. And just kind of channeling, putting your best effort in. And that's as good as you can do. Um, yeah. So I feel like sometimes teenagers can get really overwhelmed with all these different possibilities out there and all these different opinions. And I think that um, sometimes writing might also be the same because it yeah. is quite subjective to other people's opinions. So what are your top three tips on how teens can feel less overwhelmed with any of their passions or anything? Oh, my goodness. Um, I think... Well, for me, a lot of it comes down to reminding myself as much as possible that if I'm dedicating the time to something, then that's a choice that I've made. Um, and to make sure that I'm making choices that actually bring me some fulfillment. Um, am I doing this because it brings me some satisfaction? Am I getting some sense of pride out of this? Is this something that I legitimately enjoy doing and look forward to doing? Um, and that doesn't mean that that these choices aren't going to be difficult and there's going to be hard work involved and there's going to be, you know, times when you might uh, need to ask for help or you might need to take a break. Like that's just a part of life. But if you're doing something that that you really do have a passion for and you really do 
love to do, um, then that can really help to uh, negate some of those feelings of feeling like, oh, there's just so much to do. And why did I choose this? Um, and as much as possible, trying to bring yourself back to like, yeah, it's it's difficult right now because X, Y, Z, but I'd rather be doing this thing than anything else. Or I, I know that doing this thing is going to be worthwhile in the end because of X, Y, Z. Yeah, I think that also like 100% when you kind of get in the mindset of telling yourself, you know, I really don't want to do this right now. I really, you know, dislike having to work on this right now. Even though it's like your passion and everything, you kind of get in the habit of thinking, I don't like doing it. I would rather take a break. But when you kind of reframe it as, you know, I love doing this. This is... I like, get to. Yeah, I get to. I think that's, yes. that's a really great word to change your I get your to mindset. do it. I get to do I it. Have to, I have yeah. to do this. Because mm. at the end of the day, I think no matter what you do, what you choose to do as an extracurricular or as a job or study, it's going to be overwhelming at some point. Yeah. And so when you are like, I get to do this. I get to learn this. I get to spend time with these people. I get to work on writing a novel I get to do that rather than oh I have to do that because realistically you could be doing something else and still be feeling overwhelmed yeah yeah I think that just being more positive about it also makes you enjoy doing it more yes exactly I mean it's a lot it's really common for again for us overachievers to pile so much onto ourselves and we don't always stop and take stock. Um, what are the things I'm dedicated my time to? What are, uh, what is exactly on my plate? And should those things be on my plate? Um, so I think it's important once in a while to stop and look, what are you spending your time on? What are these extracurriculars? What are these activities? What are the clubs you've joined or the sports teams or the classes and ask yourself, are these all serving me? Are these all getting me where I want to be? Are these all bringing me some sort of satisfaction? Or is it a part of a, a bigger plan? And if the answer is no, it's okay to step back from things sometimes. Yes, yeah. we can't do it all. And when when you stop doing one thing, it just brings you closer to doing something else and gives you the time and the energy that you need to do what will fuel you and bring you yeah. joy and happiness or get you to a different goal where you really you want to be. Yeah, and oftentimes what teens struggle with the most is trying to juggle short-term and long-term goals, just like adults. So do you have any advice on setting and achieving both these types of goals without becoming overwhelmed? Um, so I try to break down my long-term goals into a series of steps um, and try to think not about the big long-term goal. Um, for me, writing a novel is like a really big, scary thing to try to do. Even though I've written, I don't know, 17 or 18 of them at this point, at the beginning, when I'm first getting started, you think about all these blank pages that you have to fill and it's really intimidating. Um, or, or homeschooling my kids and thinking like, how am I going to turn them into like adults who know things? <laughs> like that's a lot of pressure. Uh, so I, I don't think about that as much as possible. I don't think about having a finished book. I don't think about kids graduating from high school. Um, or college or getting a job, I think about, okay, right now I need to be tracking this subplot. And I can do that while I sit with a cup of coffee and a notebook and I can do it in half an hour. 
not a big deal. Or I think I need to write this chapter. Okay, that's going to take two hours. Not a huge deal. Or I think, okay, today I'm going to teach the girls about the solar system. So we watch a Bill Nye video about space, like not a big deal. Um, And so you just kind of, you break it down into little chunks that don't feel so scary. It's those little small bits. Like it's those small bits that actually add up to a lot. And it doesn't take a lot to do them. It doesn't take a lot to watch a video or to sit with a notebook for 30 or 40 minutes. But in the end, it gets you to where you want to be, whether that's being more fulfilled or teaching your kids what they need to know or writing another novel. It gets you there eventually. It's just less overwhelming than being like, okay, I have to sit down and write a book right now. (laughs) And I think that also it just gets really overwhelming when you frame it like that when you're like okay well I'm gonna start on my book right now instead of saying I'm going to work on the first chapter and I think just having that kind of mindset change of not feeling oh my god I have so much of this work on me instead of being like you know all I have to do is just this little step and that'll push me towards my goal yes Mm -hmm. exactly so you mentioned that you homeschool your two daughters um so how old how old are your daughters? They just turned nine. Aw, awesome. So what advice would you give to them in the future as teenagers if they're ever feeling overwhelmed? Oh gosh, I feel like all day long I'm giving advice to them. Are they listening to any of it? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, we talk a lot about uh, the future and... Uh, it's tough because I feel extremely lucky that I I get to do what I love to do. And also I've been very successful at it. So financially, I've really, um, you know, succeeded in that manner. But when it comes down to it, you know, the girls talk about, oh, I want to live in a castle and I want to have a house with 20 horses or whatever. And they have these big dreams. It's like, well, that's going to take a lot of money. But when it comes down to it, if you can choose between a job that's going to make you a lot of money, but you are miserable doing it, and a job that maybe isn't going to be as as stable or lucrative, but you love to do it every day, in my mind, the clear choice is doing the one you love. Um, and, And again, I feel very lucky that my books have been successful, and so I kind of get the best of both worlds. But ultimately, even if they weren't bestsellers. And, you know, I I didn't have that to speak of, I would still get to be doing what I love to do every day. And I I wouldn't change it for the world. And so that's, that's kind of the advice that I I tell them when it comes to as far as like career and what you want to do for a living. Um, Beyond that kindness, that's kind of mom's number one rule, just be kind. It's easy to be kind. It doesn't cost you anything. Um, number one rule for life, be kind. Absolutely. It's so easy to, you know, see somebody struggling and, you know, not say anything or not help them. But if it's like a friend or someone you love or care about, just being yeah. a, little, a little bit kind can go a, go a long way. It really, long it really way. can. And I love how you talk to your daughters about following their passion over trying to just make the most money because just like i think just how you've been so successful with your books when you love something so much and you channel your love and effort and energy and you don't give up um and you're good at it because you love it so much you can really grow and be successful and happy and fulfilled because you're doing what you love and at the end of the day you can make so much money but if you aren't doing what you love, it, it doesn't mean, I think, as much as yeah. if you're doing what you love and you, you're you succeeding 
in that. Yeah. No, the world is truly full of miserable rich people. I think it's important to keep that in mind. There's also mi- miserable not rich people, but ultimately that's that's not the deciding factor. Exactly. The yeah. money only can do so much exactly. for you. And if you can follow your passion and also have, you know, amazing family like you do, I think that that's just a goal to have. Exactly. <laughs> like you were saying, like you give your advice to your daughters, but looking back, what advice do you think you would give your teenage self? Oh, um, be patient with yourself. Be kind to yourself. Um, you know, yeah, kindness. We often think about being kind to others, but being kind to yourself is also really important. Um, when I was a teenager and I wanted to be published, that was my dream. And I wanted it desperately, desperately wanted to be published. And for years and years of my life, I was not patient with myself and I was not kind to myself. And I would set these ridiculous goals about how I was going to write a book in two months. And then it was going to, I was going to send it to agents and I'd be published within six months. And I don't know why I thought it would be so easy, but I, I would set these goals for myself. And every time it didn't happen, I would just think, oh, you're wasting your time. You're going to you're a failure. You're, um, you know, just all of these this you know, self-doubt and negative self-talk. Um, now, of course, hindsight 2020, I can look back and I can trace um, every one of those failures and think, no, and that book taught me um, about this character arc or writing that book really helped me figure out how to write romance or that book uh, I really grew in characterization or whatever it was. Like every single one of them was teaching me something and I was getting better and learning more. And ultimately that got me to being able to write and publish a book and now many books uh, and I, I couldn't have done that. I couldn't have written Cinder as my very first project when I was 16. Uh, so I wish I could go back and tell young Marissa, calm down. It's going to be fine. Take your time. Try to enjoy the process. And don't don't stress yourself out so much about trying to to reach the end goal right now. It is a journey that you have to take. Absolutely. I think that also like just failure is the best teacher i think you can only but it's not even a failure because i think it's only failure if you make it a failure like i would not say that that's a failure at all because you're you're growing and now you're learning all that knowledge exactly to to build amazing novels that are top sellers exactly so and just like it's kind of like that everything happens for a reason like just because one book doesn't make the top list it doesn't mean that it's not going to contribute in the bigger picture and so don't give up and just take everything and realize like what can you make out of it just because maybe it's not your bestseller it's teaching you something in there so just kind of sometimes you got to look a little deeper beyond the surface but there's definitely always something in 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 everything we go through 100 no that's so true i mean for me and like i said i i met i don't know 17 books i think um And I had a book come out uh, in the middle of COVID called Instant Karma. uh, And it was my first contemporary romance. And like sales wise, if you're just looking at the numbers of how many books my, my, how many books have sold of my various titles, um, I mean, I guess that one's near the bottom, but I loved writing that book. I mean, it just brought me so much joy in the midst of COVID 
uh, that like, there's no part of me that regrets it. There's no part of me that feels at all sad that it wasn't as big of a bestseller, as successful as like the Lunar Chronicles or Renegades, um, because it was exactly the book that I needed to write at that time. I think that like, when you need to do something, I don't think it needs to have the same effect on the outside, as long as on the inside, you love it. It's serving that's what, you. Exactly. That's what matters most. Not what other people think, but in the end, just how it served you. And that also keeps you motivated and yeah. makes you want to keep doing your passion because you let yourself do what you truly love rather than just doing what serves other people. So are there any characters in your books that you've ever based off of your own personal life experiences? Um... I mean, so since I just brought up Instant Karma, uh, the main character from that, her name is Prudence, and she was very much like teen Marissa. Um, <laughs> and the things that Prudence had to learn in that book were a lot of things that I had to learn growing up. Uh, so so that one was very close to home and very personal. Um, but generally speaking, you know, it's funny, as a writer... I kind of, I, I, I use the analogy that like we go through life with little radars. Like we're always looking at the world around us, the people we meet, um, you know, thinking, oh, that person has a really interesting job. I didn't know you could do that job. I could use that for a character or that person has an interesting hobby or an interesting way of speaking. I've never heard someone use that particular word before, you know, or, um, maybe they have a funny quirk or an interesting way of dressing or, I mean, just different things that you just kind of notice about people. And a lot of times those little details will make its way into characters. Um, but I don't, like, I've never taken a person that I know in real life and be like, now you're a character in a book. Um, it's just like little, little bits and pieces. Yeah. That's so wonderful, though, that you kind of used that character of prudence and like taught some lessons to readers through what you learned as a as a teenager. And I think that that's a really great way and a beautiful way of helping a lot of young teenagers, you know, learn things that maybe otherwise would take them years <laughs> to learn. So. <laughs> no, it took me a lot longer than it took Prudence. <laughs> I think that's so, that's one of the most beautiful things about books though, is that they, they can teach you lessons that otherwise you would have to learn yourself. And that's one of the reasons I love reading, uh, because you can just experience another person's world and what they go through by just stepping into and just reading the pages. And I just think that's so amazing. And especially your books, they are so amazingly written. And I, I just, I love reading them. <laughs> so what do you do every day that brings you a little bit of happiness, a small bit of happiness? Uh, every morning, my husband and I have our coffee together. Um, so he's usually up before me. So he gets the coffee started and then I get up and it's all ready. And we sit in the living room by the fire, this time of year by the fireplace. Um, and drink our coffee. And at some point, the girls wake up and come out in their pajamas and they're all sleepy and adorable first thing in the morning. And they'll just kind of cuddle up next to us. And those are my favorite moments of the day. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I know definitely that like slow mornings are such a yeah. wonderful way to set the right tone for the day and not just jump right into chaos. Exactly. So that sounds definitely like that would be a small bit of happiness. Yeah. 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 No, I Oh, it's funny talking to um, other homeschooling parents, and there's lots of reasons why a person might choose to homeschool, but I think that's number one for us. I don't want to get up and pack a lunch and rush you off to school every day. I want my coffee and my snuggle time. 
exactly. exactly. Yeah. And that's just like such a great way to connect with your kids as well and, and as a family and just spend more time yeah. together. And I, I think that's really wonderful. Exactly. So do you have one motivational quote or words that you love and remember? And if you do, would you like to share them with our audience? Uh, oh gosh. So my favorite quote, and let's see if I can do it um, from memory. <laughs> uh, with flowers, books, freedom, and the moon, who could not be happy? Uh, and that is from Oscar Wilde. I love that. And that's kind of almost relating to small bits of happiness. It's like yeah. you don't need huge, massive, big yachts or you don't need it to be, you know, Christmas every day. Exactly. <laughs> Anything like that to feel happy. I mean, of oh, course, that would be grand. <laughs> I, of course, that would bring us all happiness. But but with all these little small things like flowers or, or the moon that we have every night. Like, and books. Of course, books that can all that can all bring us happiness, and I think that's such a great reminder and quote, and I love that. So thank you for sharing that. Do you have anything exciting coming up that you'd like to share with our audience? Oh gosh, um, so my next book is called With a Little Luck. Uh, it is my second contemporary romance. It's actually a companion novel to Instant Karma. Uh, and it is coming out on February 13th. So just in time for Valentine's Day. Yay. Oh my goodness. That's going to be very awesome. I'm sure that we will be checking yep. <laughs> our local bookstores and checking that out because that sounds like it's going to be a yeah. great one. Do you have anywhere where our audience can find you to keep up with all of your exciting books and your next release? Yeah, I am mostly on Instagram. Uh, Marissa Meyer author is my handle. Or they can check out my website at marissameyer.com. Uh, and if they are fans of podcasts about books and happy things, as one might suspect, <laughs> um, then they can check out my podcast, which is The Happy Writer. Awesome. And then awesome. also, if anybody wants to hear more advice, which I definitely think they should check out, is the bits post that you answered two questions on our on our blog on our website. So all of that, including your Instagram and your podcast and website and the bits article that you did um, with us will all be in the show notes for anyone who, who wants to check that out. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. This has been lovely. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Hack Your Happiness. And thank you so much to Marissa for being on our podcast. I think that one of the biggest takeaways that I've gotten from talking with Marissa today is that your struggles right now actually play a big part in your success later on, so long as you actually take the time to learn from them. So just because you're struggling in something does not mean you can't improve from it and you can't actually become really good at it. Just like how she used to struggle with many different aspects, now she's channeled that into characters in her novels and she's learned how to manage that and actually be really successful. I think one of the things that was my biggest takeaway was how important it is to be kind and how important it also is to be kind to yourself because what Marissa really struggled through when she was younger was just constantly being impatient with herself, getting upset when her deadlines weren't met and I think it's important to kind of step back and reflect saying hey is this goal like is it achievable in this period of time that I've set or do I need to kind of reevaluate and keep trying to kind of make better goals and in the end just kind of appreciate that you're still working on it. If you enjoyed today's episode, we really appreciate if you leave a five-star review on wherever you're listening. It really helps us bring more iconic interviews and you bring more amazing content. Also, be sure to join our happiness family by following Hack Your Happiness wherever it is that you're listening because you won't want to miss our next iconic interview. See you next time!